Welcome back to the report brought to you by the COVID-19 Literature Surveillance Team. I'm Will Smith, an EMS and emergency medicine physician in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. I'm also a clinical assistant professor affiliated with the University of Washington and the co-founder of the COVID-19 Literature Surveillance Project. We are a group of physicians, medical students, PhDs, and others that are passionate about helping with the medical response during this COVID-19 pandemic. We are keeping up to date with the latest research on SARS-CoV-2 and the disease it causes, COVID-19. We bring you real-time data from the research to help guide best practices as the pandemic continues to unfold. For complete summaries and links to each article to review further, please visit our website at covid19lst.org. Here's Jasmine, my co-founder with today's episode. Thanks, Will. On today's episode, we discuss how after much debate, there seems to be a growing consensus that ACE inhibitors and ARBs are safe and should be continued in COVID-19 patients. Although, interesting mechanistic research continues to emerge on other possible implications of the ACE2 receptor on the pathogenesis of disease. More data from China shows an association between warm, humid weather and lowered number of COVID-19 cases. We also cover ocular manifestations, $20 do-it-yourself intubation tents, and the most COVID-covered areas of the hospital. Let's get started. In climate today, SARS-CoV-2 has had many indirect effects on the environment. Positive effects include reductions in air and water pollution, atmospheric nitrogen dioxide, and noise pollution. On the flip side, we still have a decrease in recycling programs, reduced sustainable waste management, and increased domestic waste such as single-use packaging and bags. The heroic actions of medical professionals shared by images on social media in China are helping to restore public trust by medical professionals. There are also concerns for low- and middle-income countries like Haiti that lack robust health infrastructures. Health equity concerns aside, higher-income countries may want to consider assisting in disease control efforts in the Southern Hemisphere to prevent a second spike of COVID-19 in the Northern Hemisphere when winter arrives later this year. Epidemiology Testing coverage and procedures have been highly variable during this pandemic, but since many epidemiological parameters are dependent on testing coverage and accurate measures of incidence and prevalence based on the results of these tests, some researchers suggest that we should not be using incidence and prevalence to project the probable course of the pandemic at all. Instead, they suggest that we use models based on weekly rates of COVID-19-related mortality to estimate the probable course of the pandemic. There are further studies comparing infection spread to weather patterns. The latest in China found that hotter and more humid weather were significantly associated with the number of COVID-19 cases. COVID-19 prevalence is inversely correlated with the incidence of malaria, leading researchers to question if anti-malarial drugs may offer a protective effect. A study of 56 COVID-19 patients found that ocular symptoms, such as conjunctivitis, was present in 27% of patients, with 40% of these patients noting ocular symptoms the week prior the onset of respiratory symptoms. Understanding the pathology Based on numerous studies that show a higher prevalence of COVID-19 in males, smokers, and the elderly, some authors point to androgen regulation as an area for future research. Transmission and prevention. 
measurements of aerosolized viral RNA in various locations in two Wuhan hospitals found the highest concentrations to be in poorly ventilated areas, such as patient bathrooms, and in the transition zones outside patient rooms where PPE is doffed. Physicians in Taiwan also present a schematic for a homemade protective tent for aerosolizing procedures that can cost less than $20 to make. Given the low negative predictive value of the nasopharyngeal tests, some experts suggest that patients should be monitored for lung lesion resolution by a series of CT scans prior to discharge, and then another CT scan as well as a nasopharyngeal PCR to confirm at follow-up. The Italian Society of Endocrinology recommends adjustments to steroid doses in patients with adrenal insufficiency and suspected COVID-19. If the infection is mild or moderate, they suggest increasing the dose to 100 mg and 200 mg for critical infections. Lastly, we present guidelines for managing tracheal trauma in morbidly obese patients, as well as best practices for managing diabetic and hospice patients in our full report at covid19lst.org. And to help you adjust your practice during this pandemic, we bring you increasing case reports that provide some relief for patients on immunosuppressing medications for the treatment of rheumatologic conditions. A recent study showed that patients on immunosuppressing drugs for multiple sclerosis that also happen to catch COVID-19 tended not to have severe disease. We also present guidelines and recommendations for phototherapy, dermatological consultations and the implementation of telemedicine, and management of lung nodules and cancer prevention. These summaries can be accessed in full at covid19lst.org. In R&D, Diagnosis and Treatments High-resolution CT scans that minimize ionizing radiation have been proposed as an alternative to the time-consuming RT-PCR tests for COVID-19 diagnosis. In a systematic review of nutrition-based interventions for other viral diseases, results support vitamin A and D supplementations in patients who are deficient. In Mental Health and Resilience, a cross-sectional study of over 1,500 people in China found that individuals who knew someone who was quarantined or were quarantined themselves had significantly higher anxiety and depression metrics than those who did not. Psychiatrists also draw particular attention to OCD patients with the concern that their disorder will be exacerbated by the pandemic-related panic and fear, as well as the limited opportunities for clinical follow-up. That's all for today. Stay informed, read less, and do more with COVID19LST.org. Thank you for listening to today's episode brought to you by the COVID-19 Literature Surveillance Team. We really appreciate your support and value your feedback. We would love to hear from you by email at contact at covid19lst.org or follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at COVID19LST. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a like or share with a friend so that we can continue to support the healthcare community in maintaining a pulse on this rapidly changing situation.